The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. morning. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and thank you for joining us today as we have another opportunity to look into God's Word. And so thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning. And we're going to be right in Psalm chapter 24. So if you're following along on your Bible, your app or computer phone or whatever it is, uh, we'll turn over to Psalm 24 just for the next couple of minutes as we evaluate an absolutely powerful truth, a truth that probably many of us know in aspect of the, uh, the theological. We understand it's been taught to us, but we get to see a little bit of the practical application, what it means. I mean, actually, I guess more than practical, some deep theology in it as we look at how David looked. We mentioned that one of the aspects of, of studying the book of Psalms that brings excitement is you get to see firsthand David's relationship with God. Then we talk a lot about this. What we can get from this is that um, our relation that Christianity is so much more than what many use the term religion. It's so much more than this man-made religious thing where we have to do all these traditions and all of these things. And hopefully, when we come to the end, we've done enough to appease God and done enough that our good outweighs our bad. And, and I think most of us know that's you know practically impossible. So what does it mean? How how can we find hope? How can we find joy? How can we find fulfillment when what I've just said is what most people tell us is practically impossible? Well, we're going to see that today. We're going to see that really a relationship with Jesus, which is a result of the salvation that comes through Jesus, is of nothing we can earn, and it's 100% a gift from God. And we're going to see that in this passage today. Um, so let's go ahead and evaluate, starting in chapter, one, uh, chapter 24, verse 1. So David starts the passage by basically describing God, his greatness, his goodness, his awesomeness. And he starts in verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and all they that dwell therein. So he starts off noticing the earth is the Lord's, possessive. The earth belongs to the Lord. It's, it is his. It's not that earth is here and God is one of the many gods out there or one of the many whatever people want to believe. The earth is the Lord. It belongs to the Lord and all that and all they that dwell therein. So one, we talked about the other day that one of the problems in our thinking in the world today is they want to push evolution. They want to get God out of the world, God out of creation. But the primary reason goes along with this verse. If I acknowledge that everything here belongs to him and all that are that dwell therein, that includes me. So if I look at the great truth and theology behind this is that the earth, everything in it, including me, is God's. It belongs to God. That includes me. Well, immediately I begin to recognize a bit of a responsibility with that. If what scientists call intelligent design or what we call creation is true, God created the earth and then God created me, I'm telling you, it just puts a very different perspective on everything. It puts a different perspective on life. It puts a different perspective on eternity, on afterlife. Life. It puts a different perspective on morality because it's no longer his morality versus my morality or this country or that country or this party, that party. It comes down to the morality of God and the word of God. And it literally dictates now this is what we should be following in our daily life. So he continues on. He, he states a truth that all that's here, including me, belong to God. Now, please understand that doesn't necessarily always mean that all of us have been saved. You know, some people will go to this thinking and say, well, God created us all, therefore we're all going to heaven, we're all one big family. 
Please remember there was a time in heaven where God created the angels and Satan took some angels and was kicked out of heaven. And then in Adam and in a story of Adam and Eve, God created this utopia and Adam and Eve sinned. So in that, there was a separation. So God created us all, but in our sin, we have been separated from this, from God through sin. And so that's where salvation comes in. That becomes a debate amongst all religion today. What do I do with that fact that God created me and he loves me, but my sin is separated? Well, that's where Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross to, to break that divide. We see it in the old tabernacle where between the holy and the holy of holies was this great um, veil that's a very, very heavy veil that you know, only the high priests were allowed to go into. Nobody could enter the presence of God or the holy of holies. And when Jesus died on the cross stating, it is finished, sin has been paid for, our punishment been, has been dealt upon Jesus, and we have been given forgiveness. That veil was rent in two, opened up, and now we can come back. That, that, that problem that was created at the garden through sin has now been solved at the cross, and we can now enter the presence of God. So that, that's how God resolved the issue. So unfortunately, it's not just a matter of, well, I believe God, therefore I'm saved. I recognize that. I recognize I've been separated from the God who created me by my own sin, not just Adam, but my own sin, and I must do something about it. So he continues on and explains why in verse 2. Why is the earth his? Verse 2, for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. So he says he's founded it. And now the idea of founding it not only talks about he created it, but he establishes it. He keeps it going. He, you know, he, you know, he pulled the, the air out of the ocean, the firmament on the fourth day, the sun, moon, and stars, and the firmament in different parts of creation. He created all of these different things, but it, this also means he sustains it. What we see happening, the, the rotation of everything and the galaxy and how it all works and gravity and, and all of the amazement we see in our country, in our world today, God he sustains it. It's sustained by the power of God. And he, and granted, he knows and he's allowing the world to slowly decay as ultimately God will allow, will, will eliminate this world for a new heaven and a new earth. And so we know due to sin and, and the process of what God is coming, the earth is slowly moving away from the beauty it was and as a result of sin. But he found it, he keeps it, he established it, and he's making it all happen. So we always see, you know, if everybody ever wants to sit back and say, is there a God? If you can... If you can look at the creation, if you can look at the galaxy, if you can look at the sun, moon, and stars, if you can look at the great oceans, if you can look at uh, a beautiful sky, um, it's just the animals and humans and all of the things, the complexity of just science and, the, and, and human anatomy. If you can look at all of that and say that this was just a freak explosion one day and just a freak accident and we're we're nothing more than just evolved animals that actually takes more faith in believing in an intelligent design that god created you for purpose the problem is we don't want to believe that because that leads into my responsibility that i must do something with that knowledge and so but you know what when when we choose to do something with that knowledge is where this gets amazing because we look back and we say well and we know this theory, okay, theologically be true, but how do we do it? That's the, the debate amongst all religions today. David continues in verse 3 because he asks the question, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, see thus. So 
When we look at this from our practical point of view today, he asks the question, which I, I love, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? Who can do this? And he gives this kind of level, shall we say, level of perfection. He has clean hands and a pure heart. He's, he gave you, I'm good enough. Can I, can I tell you simply what he's saying here? He's giving a simple point that there's nothing that we can do to fit the description of verse 4. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, come short of perfection, come short of being good enough to get to heaven. So you know, even when I sin, and that one sin states I'm no longer good enough to get to heaven, I can't do enough good to outweigh sin. Because one sin, because you have to remember, heaven is not just for those where their good outweighs their bad, or they're good enough to get there. Frankly, because I just sit there and brag on myself, and heaven is for me to worship God, not for me to be good enough to get there. I mean, that, that would be a pretty narcissistic place when you really think about it. There's no humility. There's no worship of an almighty God when I've been good enough to be there. Heaven is what, you know, what is demanded in heaven? Perfection. We can't get there. For all have sinned and come short of perfection. So what we see here is no one can get there. We, and so he says, we have, he, these people, shall receive the blessing from the Lord. You catch this. We will receive it from the Lord. Now, it, it comes down to those who seek their face, those who seek the truth, those who recognize God, those who are willing to follow him. This is the truth of who those people are. Those who are willing to recognize us. And please understand, this starts at salvation and continues on. And I think what happens is we, we start this, we see salvation, and then, and especially as we've been saved for a while, this dies off. This, this desire to seek the face of God, this desire to, to know God better, this desire to walk with God and let him speak to me and through me, and all of this kind of just dies off. It really does. Uh, we got comfortable with this or that. Can I tell you, this is where churches die. This is where families battle. This is where marriages fall apart because we stop seeking God. I'll tell you yesterday, I just spent a bunch of time in prayer and studying certain parts of Scripture, and it just stood out, it just spoke to me, encouraged me, it helped me in what I was studying. And, and I'm telling you, I like, man, Lord, why isn't it like this every day? And, and I reminded, it can be. If I seek His face as much as I did in the situation I was think, seeking yesterday. But we think, I'm fine today, I don't need it. And he says, we must continue seeking. We must continue searching. And the moment we stop seeking and searching, the moment we start going backwards. And we wonder, where's God? Well, God hasn't moved. We're just no longer seeking him anymore. Oh, may we do that. So he finishes with just a couple thoughts. Verse 7, lift up your hands. Choose to lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. So we lift up, we seek. You know, we look at this and say, ah, whatever. This should stir our hearts. This should excite. This should remind us. Listen. I can't. The Lord, the God created all of this, including me. And so who, who of us of his creation will stand one day? And not all of his creation will stand in his holy hill one day because not all of them will seek God. Not all of them will accept him. So he goes, who shall seek them? Those who've accepted him. Those who call upon him. And then, and then true power and growth comes from those who continue to do this. Continue who? The Lord God Almighty. The Lord mighty in battle. This is the one we look to. This great, almighty, powerful God, that is the one we seek. I encourage you, don't, don't get comfortable. 
it, may I also say, don't let, the Bible says pride, you know, now it's puffs up. Don't, don't become arrogant either. So never go to the Word of God with what I can learn and debate other people. Go to the Word of God with simply this, Lord, how can the Word of God today speak to me? How can the Word of God today change me? How can the Word of God today bring conviction to me? How can the Word of God today draw me closer to you? Boy, if I go just looking for knowledge, and knowledge is good, it's great, but if I stop at knowledge, I miss most of what I'm supposed to get. The Word of God is supposed to be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, a guide. And if it's just knowledge, I miss it. I need it to be a guide. And when it stops becoming a guide and just a, a book of knowledge, I lose a bit of that relationship that we see that David enjoyed. And that should be something that should stir my heart. To constantly, every day, strive to seek the face of Almighty God. Lord, what does that mean for me and how does it change me? May that be something that drives us every day. Well, thanks for joining us today on this Thursday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. Uh, thanks for just taking time to walk through the book of Psalms with me. And I hope that that was an encouragement and a challenge is that every one of us would say, this is what I want more than just a little more knowledge of scripture, but something that stirs my heart. Yes, we're all God's creation, but that doesn't always mean we're all God's family. That takes a choice. And if you've not done that today, called upon him, may you do that. You can call our church office here at Ben Salem Baptist Church. We'd love to explain to you, walk you through scripture and how that can happen. And we know that only God's the one that draws you. And if he's drawing you today, I will hope you would seek him and call upon him. Again, thanks for joining us and taking a few minutes with us in God's word. And again, we'll finish off our week tomorrow on Friday. And so we hope you join us as we finish off tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today.